0: This is What Do You Do. I'm Katie. And I'm McCray. In today's episode, we're chatting with Dr. Aaron, a children's dentist located in Pittsburgh.
1: The median income for a dentist in the U.S. is about $160,000 a year, although the amount of schooling required to get there can be intimidating. To become a doctor of medicine and dentistry, or DMD for short, you need four years of undergraduate schooling, four years of dental school, and two years of residency.
0: Dr. Aaron went through all of that schooling and is now a board-certified pediatric dentist that has been working with children for several years. She uses her platform on Instagram to inform parents about the importance of taking care of their kids' teeth and answers frequently asked questions about oral health and hygiene. Let's hear what she has to say. Okay, so we're here with uh, Dr. Aaron, and is it is it Ezek? Is that how you pronounce it? Isaac. Isaac. Okay. Sorry mm-hmm. about that. No worries. Um, so, you know, this is just a hypothetical question, right? <laughs> um, it's it's not, it's no reality, no factual basis, but um, how would somebody successfully lie to their dentist about flossing and get away <laughs> with it?
2: Um... <laughs> Unfortunately, we're very good at telling if you've actually flossed or not. So, you can lie all day and say you floss three times a day, but you know, we we have a little bit of schooling to be able to tell us if you really do or not.
0: Um, so how important is that actually? Like, well, like it, mm-hmm. you know, you always hear it. I'm, they this always tell me, but at the end of the day, like what what could happen if you don't? I yeah,
2: guess. so um, I'm a pediatric dentist, so it's a little bit different for kids versus adults, but in kid world, um, when kids don't floss, what ends up happening is if those teeth are really close together and touching, then food and sugar and bacteria get stuck in between those teeth and mm-hmm. can cause like a cavity on one of those teeth. And then the tooth that's touching it is going to get that cavity also because it's oh, bacteria man. and it spreads like any other germs like we oh, see like now. Jumps from mm-hmm. tooth
0: to tooth, I didn't even knew, know that. That's yep,
2: wild. yep. So, and that's why a lot of parents don't even realize their kids should be flossing. They think it's just an adult thing, but really, it's for anyone, any age that you can actually do it on where teeth touch. You need to be flossing. Period.
0: Right, and so like what you know with kids' teeth, they they all fall out, right? So mm-hmm. like. I guess, what's the point in keeping them healthy until they yes. do fall
2: out? Great question. And I could talk, this could literally be a podcast episode all of its own, this one question, <laughs> but I'll try to keep it short. Um, the most important thing is that dental health really is a part of your overall health. That's that's mm. the short answer. Um, the long answer is that even in baby teeth, so say a three-year-old gets a cavity on a way far back tooth, that tooth isn't falling out till they're 10, 11, 12 years old. And a cavity is a cavity, like it's gonna start, it'll spread, it'll get bigger, it can cause pain, it can cause infection, swelling, um, a lot of stuff that we really don't want that could damage, you know, that tooth or the neighboring tooth that we just talked about, or it can actually damage the developing adult tooth underneath, that's growing underneath of the baby tooth. Mm Mm-hmm. Or infection can spread to any part of your body. So you can literally have a tooth infection that can spread to your heart, Or to your brain. Um, Yeah, so it's a lot more important than people actually realize. (laughs) That's
0: freaky. Uh
2: huh. Oh, wow. (laughs) I know. So it's kind of important, but I also try not to scare people as far as um, (laughs) little kids. (laughs) But, um, you know, it is uh, important because I always say your brain is like, look how close your brain is to your teeth. And if you have an infection that's spreading, like, that's that's pretty close. You want to take care of that.
1: So how do you deal with, if you have a kid that does have like an infection or a cavity or something, Mm -hmm. they might be experiencing some some tenderness or something. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with them if they're like nervous about going to see the dentist? You know, it's big and scary and Mm -hmm. you have a bunch of tools and stuff. So how do you deal with that?
2: Yeah, one of the um, best ways to kind of combat that is to have uh, like started dental visits prior, early. Um, We recommend at age one or within six months the first tooth coming in. So then that way they're getting used to going to the dentist or getting used to that person and the instruments so that if they ever do get a cavity or an infection, you know they're already used to that person, they're already used to that setting and some of the instruments and more likely than not, it'll go better than if your very first appointment is 'Cause you have an infection and you need a tooth taken out. So, um that would be my first suggestion. And then two, you know, it really just depends on the age of the kid. There are times where we use laughing gas or some type of sedation medication or things like that for actual treatment, like a filling or um taking a tooth out. But it just really depends on the child and their cooperation level.
0: So like and does that go does that go for, you know, regular doctor visits too? Like do kids generally is it Is it easier for kids who, who start going really early?
2: I think so. Um, honestly, a lot of it is being comfortable with the person like, you know, a one year old isn't going to have in their brain. Oh yeah. I remember Dr. Aaron. I saw her six months ago, but they do kind of something sinks in there that like, Oh, this place kind of, I kind of remember this place. I kind of remember having my mouth and my teeth and everything touched by this person. So um the more the earlier and the more frequently, you know, with your regular 6 months that you can do that and um with the dentist that's great and then um with the regular pediatrician I believe it's yearly until mm-hmm. a certain age, you know. That that is great as well getting them used to going there as well.
0: So so what inspired you to get into to Not only dentistry, but also, like, children's dentistry.
2: Yeah. So, actually, um, and I was just looking at the podcast, I saw the first one was a zookeeper, which is amazing. Um, (laughs) That is so cool. I actually wanted to be a veterinarian my whole life. wow. Uh Uh-huh. And it it didn't work out because vet school, not dental school is hard, is, like, easy to get into, but vet school is extremely hard to get into. So really? Yeah, really hard because there's so few of them in the whole country, like, very little but oh, um, mm-hmm. so I kind of put that to the side. Um, and then I actually have a bunch of cousins, uncles, uh, you know, a bunch of family members who are dentists. And I always lean towards like the healthcare realm of things. So mm-hmm. they kind of just started talking about it. Um, I went and shadowed a few of them I was like, oh, I really like this, ended up in dental school. And then as dental school went on, I realized I don't want to do adult dentistry. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just don't. Um, And so there weren't very many specialties left. And Mm -hmm. um, I hate to admit it, but my mother was right from day one, she said, you should do pediatric dentistry, like literally from day one of dental school. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Yeah, right, I would never. Um, But as the years went on in dental school, that just seemed to be where I kind of gravitated towards. And um, I love it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: So what what's the difference between like primarily between working on kids and adults? Like, what made you go? Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to work on adults.
2: Um, No offense, but adult teeth are really gross. Uh, (laughs) They are. They're like. Ugh. Um kids you know like the, they might have cavities or something like that but comparatively speaking to adult situations like we were talking about flossing if you don't floss as an adult you can get gum disease and periodontal issues and mm-hmm. that is gross like google periodontal disease and you will be grossed out so oh. i knew that i didn't want to do that and um honestly kids are just fun like they might cry or scream or kick a little bit but you give them a sticker and you guys are best friends like <laughs> you know what i mean and they're like standing out the door and giving you high fives and they don't really hold grudges like adults sometimes do oh, um right. yeah so it, they're just really fun and you never know what you're gonna get so it keeps it interesting so can you
0: can you maybe explain to me like what the difference is between the different kinds of dentists or like, Mm -hmm. you know, the dental hygienist versus a dentist versus a surgeon.
2: Sure. 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 So um, as far as the dental realm goes, um, you when you graduate dental school, after four years of dental school, you are a dentist, period. From there, you can go off and do residency, just like they have in medical world. But um, Mm -hmm. you can do residency which will train you in a certain specialty, like pediatric dentistry, or oral surgery, for periodontics, um, okay. orthodontics, endodontics. So then once you finish that specialty, you're considered that particular thing. Like I'm a pediatric dentist, or if you went to a program for oral surgery, then you're an oral surgeon once you finish that.
0: Um, okay, so your residency determines your path.
2: Exactly, exactly.
1: Okay, yeah. that makes a lot of sense.
2: Yep, yep. now um, general dentist, and when I say general, I mean someone who like did dental school and um didn't necessarily go to a residency um they can still technically do everything because you you know learn that all in dental school to some extent but um going to residency like really gets you hyper focused and um you know really trained in that specific field so
0: um, So a person who comes out of dental school can get their certifications i mm-hmm. assume you need like some kinds of certifications yes. and then just practice if they want to.
2: Exactly, You could literally, I'm at a dental school, get your, um, you know, your license, it's specific state to state, wherever you want to practice. Mm-hmm. And like next week you could be working somewhere. So so, what's the
0: benefit of going to residency?
2: Um, if you want to super, you know, specialize in one specific field, then um, it's a good idea to go to residency so that you have all of that, um, extra knowledge and background and, experience and expertise yeah because like for a pediatric industry i mean you get very 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 little of it at school you could technically do it once you graduate without a residency but i wouldn't really recommend
0: um so like what does one have to do to get board certified is it kind of like a test you take after school after you're done with school or
2: yeah um before now it's different for each specialty but for pediatric dentistry, we had a exam on the computer, uh, I believe it was during our second year of residency. And oh, okay. then um, there's a second portion, which is called the oral boards, where we flew out to Austin, Texas, and mm-hmm. did um, literally for a, a two hour exam. Um, but we, you sit in front of, uh, two other board certified pediatric dentists and they literally put on a computer screen, like, here's the situation, here's the background. What would you do? Oh, wow. And, oh. Yeah. And you get that for like two, it was like two, three or four hours and they rotate, um, a couple of different, uh, pediatric dentists, board certified dentists will ask you these questions over the course of hours. Um, and then once you pass those two portions, you are board certified but every year we have to do a mini recertification, just like modules online. And then I think it's every 10 years we have to redo the written portion. So it's kind—it's of, always like, you're always having to do something to keep up with it.
1: So that sounds intense. What are the benefits of doing that? Like, why do people go through that?
2: Great question. So um, the biggest thing I would say is from the end of the patients or the parents knowing that if you are going to see a board certified dentist that they are keeping up on all the newest, latest stuff, like they're not just stuck in what they learned in dental school and that's that um, because with us having to, you know, go through that uh, somewhat of that process every year, like I just talked about, you know, we're staying on top of all the newest, latest things. and. Um, it's, it's honestly a lot of peace of mind knowing that your dentist is kind of staying up on top of everything and, uh, doing like, everything that should be being done at this time, this day and age, put it that mm-hmm. way.
0: So, you know, when a, a lot of dentists own their own practices, right? Uh, uh-huh. is that something that's necessary?
2: It's not necessary. Be- um. A lot of dentists definitely own their own practice. We're seeing more and more of group practices and partnerships Mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, It's definitely not necessary. There are more of like corporate offices out there where you can go and work or, um, you know, locally owned private practice, but Mm -hmm. someone might take you on as an associate and then eventually you can buy in and be a partner or things like that. Um, Okay. uh Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. But I, I mean, I never actually thought I wanted to own my own office and one day randomly I just decided I did. So then I went for it.
0: So it kind of, you kind of become like a small business owner at the same time. Absolutely.
2: Yep. A hundred percent.
0: What are you doing outside of just like working on teeth um, in that
2: regard? Yeah. Good question. Um, a lot of business stuff, like you said, because we are not taught that in dental school, unfortunately. Right. It's weird because as dentists versus um, medical doctors, a lot of times they are like, oh, dentistry is great because you can own your own practice, they don't teach you anything about owning your own practice. Mm. So um, you're kind of on your own to learn that and um, get a mentor and um, learn things from them. But yeah, I do a lot of, um, you know, business courses and uh, chatting with mentors, figuring out what the heck to do? It's a, it's always a learning process. I've learned so much mm-hmm. in my five years of owning my office, but of course, there's always more to be learned.
0: Um, so I, I guess I I kind of want to get back back more into the, like the practice of dentistry. Um, mm-hmm. Do you ever have any like helicopter parents that you have to deal with? <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> that that does happen in the realm of pediatric dentistry. It definitely happens. Um, We try to uh, obviously be understanding. I mean, it's your child; you're going to be, you know, interested. Shall I say about what is going on? But um, you know, it it all depends on that child too. So we take it individual by individual. You know, if it's an older kid and we know that they're doing fine and have done fine at all of their last visits, we might even try to suggest that parents stay like in the waiting room while we do what we have to do. So that, um, yeah, so that the kids can really focus on us. That's that's the big thing, having the kids being able to focus on us and what we're asking them to do so that, one, it can get done quicker for everybody, and two, so it's safe. You know, you don't want to be trying to chat with parents while you have sharp objects in their mouth.
0: (laughs) So, like, do you do you find it easier generally to, to work with parents out of the room or is it like you said, like kind of like a kid by kid basis
2: kid by kid. And it really depends on what I'm doing Like for a cleaning. I don't really mind if they're there um, okay. for um, cause that's, that's pretty easy. And honestly, I like chatting with people, so I don't really mind that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as for fillings that, that definitely is kid by kid, or I should say treatment visits um, because those are the ones where we really need them focused on us. Uh, sometimes you'll get the, you know, parents who might've had a negative experience when they were younger. And no. so they'll almost like project that onto the kids. Meanwhile, the kid that is doing fine. Them. Yeah, the kid is doing fine with their, getting their filling or getting um, the numbing medicine and parent might ask, oh, is that a shot? And then all of a sudden you oh, lost God. the kid. Oh no! <laughs> so yeah. So um, sometimes, you, and, and some parents, you know, after a while of doing this, you kind of get, the idea of who you might need to prep beforehand. So some parents, we kind of prep like, you know, we're gonna need you to, you can be in here if you want to, but you have to be kind of a silent Mm, partner.
0: You gotta train the parents.
2: Yep, yep. Honestly, a lot of pediatric dentistry is more so handling parents than the kids, so (laughs) honestly. So
0: doing teeth is the easy part.
2: Yes, exactly, the kids are are great, very easy. Uh, You know, (laughs) making sure we're doing everything to, keep the parents in line too.
0: <laughs> so like, as a dentist, right, do you ever perform anything that in any other medical setting would be considered surgery? Oh, absolutely. Like, so where's that line between like, you know, a dentist and a dental surgeon?
2: That's a really good question. So for pediatric dentistry, it's a little bit different because we're almost like there uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like we're almost like a general dentist but for kids so we do mm-hmm. fillings we do not really root canals but you know there's something that's very similar we do that we do surgery extracting tea so it's almost like we do all of the adult specialties but mm-hmm. for kids so um sense. Mm-hmm. but um even for me and it depends on everyone's comfort level so like I'll, I'll extract teeth, even some adult teeth I'll, I'll extract, but when it gets to like wisdom teeth and back at wisdom teeth, can Mm. I do it? Yes. Do I want to? No. So I will send that off to the oral surgeon.
0: Um, Oh, so it's kind of like what, what you feel like doing. (laughs) What,
2: what you feel like, and honestly what you're trained into because you know, you don't want a dentist who just kind of like YouTube something. It's like, I think I got this. (laughs) Like
0: fixing Uh, a car.
2: Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, and there's it's, it's a fine line because there are some general dentists who will, you know, um, future facial injuries and do things uh, like that. I had okay. to do some of that in residency because we were at a teaching emergency hospital. So sometimes, you know, the other doctors weren't there to be able to do that. So I did it. I, Ooh, um, that sounds uncomfortable. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, but now in private practice, I I have the option of sending them to an oral surgeon or okay. to the hospital to get it done. So.
0: Um. So, do you ever have kids? Um. Like, what's the process for? when that kid's adult either coming in and you go oh you're gonna need you know you're gonna need braces like Mm -hmm. where's that also another like where's that line kind of question
2: yeah um so a lot of kids we really start evaluating anywhere between the seven to nine year age mark Mm -hmm. as to um you know if they're going to need braces or we should send them to the orthodontist at that point now there are some kids that are younger than that and just telling by like their jaw structure, like you're absolutely going to need braces. Um, okay. Now, do I send a three-year-old to the orthodontist? No, we'll still wait till they're a little bit older. But that mm-hmm. um, seven to nine age mark is when we really start looking at it. Some kids will send them at that age and some kids will say, let's just hold off and see how things grow and you know settle in. And potentially as a teenager, we'll send them off to the orthodontist at that point. So it just depends on what we see on x-rays and growth and everything like that.
1: Because mm-hmm. sometimes you need to to kind of intervene early, right? Like with, exactly. With things like arch expanders. Like I had one of those when I was a kid before I had braces. You got it.
2: Yep. Yep. Okay. So um, especially kids that are um, suckers or things like that for a long time, it can actually change the shape and the growth of your jaws. So. Oh, God. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes we're like, yeah, you're, you're six, but we're going to send you off. now because it's, <laughs> it's not getting any better. So um, it all depends on the situation.
0: Um, so is that something that's kind of hereditary? I know you mentioned like sucking thumbs, but like what else determines whether or not you're going to have, you know, quote unquote bad teeth.
2: Yeah. Um, so as far as like uh, in the realm of needing orthodontics, that can be quite genetic because it's a lot of your bone structure which is definitely in your DNA. Um, So depending on your jaw shape and size, that can often lead towards, you know, whether or not you might need orthodontics. But as far as the, um, quote, unquote, bad teeth, it's funny, because I actually just posted about this on Instagram, Um, there's no true genetic thing. As far as bad or soft teeth. Um, It's more so Honestly, environment, like what you're eating, drinking, how well you're taking care of them, um, you know, if you're going regularly to a dentist, more so than actual true, like written in your DNA, you're going to have cavities type of thing. Now, um, with that being said, there are certain types of bacteria that may more so be prone to causing cavities. And so if you have a heavier load of that, then potentially you might be more prone to getting cavities. But honestly, it's more so. Um, Nurture more than nature.
0: Okay. Um, and can you, can you maybe talk about, um, you know, our culture of, you know, fixing misaligned teeth where mm-hmm. like in Britain, like, is there any actual health benefits to it? Like in Britain, they, they don't use braces. Right. So like, what, why did, why do Americans so obsessively fix their teeth?
2: <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I actually did externship in dental school, um, in London. So oh, I got cool. to see all of that firsthand. And it's actually changing now because there's uh, a lot of uh, Brits are, you know, watching American television and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I went perfectly straight white teeth. So mm-hmm. some of that is changing. But um, that's a really good question. So- somewhat it can be um, a health benefit. Like, again, like you said, if you're um palate or your top jaw is really skinny and narrow it can actually affect your breathing because then everything is scrunching in and collapsing in um and it can have issues with you know the how much air you're able to get in um so expanding that and opening that up can actually help with um breathing issues and things like that um but that i think that would be the most uh health benefit from it a lot of it is um you know, aesthetic, or you have a lisp or something like that mm. that you want to get corrected, pronouncing certain words funny, things like that.
0: Okay.
1: What about the whitening part? Is that beneficial in any way, or is it just purely aesthetic?
2: Pretty much aesthetic. Um, there are certain situations where teeth develop with yellowish marks or, you know, white marks or things like that, and like hyper, like super, super white marks people want to even it out. But again, that's all kind of cosmetic. Um, it, or times where you had a filling that is like showing, like a metal filling or a metal crown that's kind of mm-hmm. showing through and it gives your tooth a grayish or a darkest past to it. Um, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, sometimes you'll want to whiten that. But most of the times that is pretty much aesthetic or cosmetic. Um,
0: can you, Can you kind of talk about like your your journey through college and medical school or dental school rather?
2: Yeah, sure. So the journey to dentistry is four years of undergrad, which I did at University of Maryland in College Park. Um, And then four years of dental school, which I did at uh, University of Pennsylvania out in Philadelphia. And then um, for me, since I knew I wanted to specialize in pediatrics, I did two years of pediatric residency here in Pittsburgh at uh, Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, uh, which is where I'm from originally. Um, And then I just worked for a little bit as an associate and a few years later, opened up my own place.
0: Wow. Okay. So all in all about about 10 years, um, give or take. Yep. Mm -hmm. How how? um... Like how stringent is the is the grading and the, the academics of it
2: um it depends on what dental school you go to honestly because a lot of them have very different um like the way that the schools are set up some are pass fail some are your traditional a b c d f some are more of a you learn via just doing and reading um papers rather than um testing and things like that um so it's it's just really different everywhere you go i of course was at an ivy league so it was kind of stringent but um you know it 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 all depends on where you're at
0: okay um so you know for anyone who may be you know younger or in high school or something Mm -hmm. what would you say to them if they were considering going into dentistry
2: i would say if you're considering it definitely make sure you shadow someone first so that you can see it with your own eyes because it's um, it's different when you're getting it done to you versus when you're watching it be done to someone else. I have plenty of dentist friends who absolutely cannot stand the sight of, like, shot, like hate getting their flu shot or things like that, but <laughs> they're like oral surgeons. It's, it's really crazy. But um, so it's a little bit different depending on the role you're playing. So mm-hmm. definitely um, make sure you check it out and make sure you can handle, you know, stomach seeing teeth and stuff all day, you know, some Mm -hmm. people really don't like that. Like, I do not like anything involving eyes, I could never be an eye doctor, but, Mm. you know, teeth, whatever, no big deal. Um, (laughs) So definitely do that. And then also, um, make sure you're up on your sciences, because most dental schools require a lot of biology, chemistry, physics, things like that, as far as your prereqs Oh, You don't have to major in sciences, but you'll have to check out what schools you might want to apply to and make sure you at least have those bare minimum pre-reps.
1: Special thanks to Dr. Erin for being today's guest. For more information about her dentistry, follow her on Instagram at dr underscore Erin.
0: Keep up to date with our latest episodes by following us on Instagram at what do you do underscore podcast. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple podcasts. If you like the show.
2: I think those are the two biggest things. Just get an idea of like where you might want to go and maybe even see if you can you know, we have the whole internet, like social media, stalk a few people and see if you, I get DMs all the time from college students thinking about doing dentistry. Oh, cool. So yeah, um, reach out to a couple of people, see if they might be willing to chat and talk. Awesome. Well, thank you
0: so much. Is there is there anything else uh, that may, we maybe glossed over that you wanted to talk about?
2: Um, I guess the biggest thing is just that what we talked about a little bit before is that dentistry, especially pediatric dentistry is very important. Oh baby teeth are going to fall out at some point, but while they're in there, it's really important to take care of them because they can cause issues both now and very much down the line and for life essentially. So definitely take care of them. Baby teeth matter, I always say.
0: All right. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Uh, Thanks again. You coming Absolutely.
2: On. Thanks, guys. A good one. You too.